following professional wrestler is the last true sick boy, the video nasty, and the original cult classic. Hello, and welcome to the Sick Boy Video Club. I should say thanks for hitting play on yes. another episode of the, the Sick Boy Video Club. I Thank am you. Rory Coyle. I don't, I was going to say, you might know me from professional wrestling. I suppose most people. I think if you don't, if you know Rory Coyle, I would say professional wrestling. That's a bit weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the Sick Boy Video Club where we talk about, um, not only talk about movies, um, but often sometimes I'll um, throw a curveball on Rob and ask him to explain what the hardcore music scene is. Um, or we'll talk about stuff that we've recently done. I'm joined by the lovely Rob Bedford. Um, how would you describe yourself, Rob? Describe myself? Yeah, like what are you? What's your role? In what life? I don't know. Well, I just, you know, yeah, well, yeah, I'd be like, hey, I'm Rory Coyle. I'm a professional wrestler. You might know me from oh, the wrestlers. Oh, I, oh, I, sorry. I was thinking of that as like a bit too philosophical. <laughs> bit too what is a Rob Bedford? What, what am I? Um, you might know me from running a creative agency called Juiced, running a clothing brand called Skulls and Stuff, and being in various unsigned, small UK hardcore bands over yeah. the last eight years or so so while we're on the topic of juice um you've recently done some of because you guys have always done really good merch and you used to have a you used to have a like a clothing brand yeah skulls and stuff was we called it we could talk about that i don't know yeah Did we talk about skulls we just have we just haven't used it in like 18 months because the um, just honestly it's like Life busy you, yeah, busy with so. clients um yeah. client projects have bigger scopes um so to do like a schools and stuff t-shirt with the team growing yeah. or, like do like a, just a single drop it just wasn't worth it in the money like in the terms of because you would always do business you would always purposely do like a limited run of stuff yeah everything was so when we were doing stuff for schools and stuff everything was limited as heck and that was like the tagline for the entire brand and everything was always printed on quite good garments like sometimes really good garments but it was always like the price of like maybe a semi-expensive band shirt. So it was really affordable for people. But because I made the active choice to be like, hey, we're going to have be limited. We're going to print on really good quality, but we're going to keep the, the cost low. It just fucked any sort of like <laughs> scalability like, for yeah, it. Yeah, there's not really a lot of, you're not making a lot on it. Like, no, like when it was just me before I started the studio, it was perfect because it was like, oh, it's extra hustle money. Yeah. But yeah, I was like freelance, like freelancing back then. So it was like, cool. I, if I have like a project to drop out. You should be in the professional wrestling business. I can, hustle. I, the, you got to hustle that gimmick table, brother. And it's like, if we had a, if I, when I was freelance, I had a client drop out, I could be like, right, I've got like, you know, 10 hours worth of project time, maybe for something small. I could put a t-shirt out, do all the marketing, get it done out pre-ordered bang and there's the money from that project back but because it was always under the pretense of like i wanted my mates just to wear cool shit keeping the cost low quality quote like the quality really high quantity low it created this demand for this cool thing that was super wearable but it didn't allow for it to like increase in score as i grew the trick as i grew the team so yeah. as the team grew it became less feasible to put that time into something to get back the like maybe a like a quarter of a head for a month yeah. worth of wage. So, so it just wasn't worth it. But 
yeah. It's, so it's the reason cool. I bring up that is sorry, that just, was a tangent. No, no. The reason I brought up the uh, skulls and stuff is just have just done a merch drop the, of I think like I I really liked your other stuff. Like I've a. Uh, I have one of your older skulls and stuff ones, which is the dog on the... The dog gang tee. Yeah, is it the dog on like a park bench or something? Uh, It's the little skeleton. Little skeleton. Little skeleton dog. Uh, Um, No, it's it's not a skeleton dog. It's a little skeleton fella with a manga illustration of my mum's dog, Charles, like flipping people off. And he's, for context, uh, Charles is a standard poodle. So it makes it funnier that he's just like flipping people off. Yeah, so I have that one. Um, That's a cool one. And I have a few of your other ones. I think your most, I'm looking to my right hand side because there's a stack of them here. I think your most recent one is fantastic. Thank you. It's very silly. For the purposes of an audio based product, can you describe what you've done? It's just a fucking dirty death metal tea. <laughs> uh, so everyone at Juice, like, we're all like, kind of like alternative, moshery, gothy, whatever. And um, when, so this is kind of like why we did this was when, the studio rebranded as Juiced. Originally, it was going to be like a micro brand every month, but we didn't get a chance to do that. When we did the rebrand, things took off really well for us. And something I've wanted to kind of return to that, that idea over the last like, kind of year or so, I was like, I really want to return to this idea because it's really fun. There's like no hold bad. We can just do cool things, right? And so we did a brand refresh last year, which did really, really well for us with a new website and all that. We did some new merch to kind of coincide with that. And when it came around to, you know, we do a lot of our marketing as just like giving free merch away. It's just really cool merch, really. We have like loads of micro brands for an upcoming campaign ready. But one that I just never finished was a Death Metal t-shirt, like a Death Metal logo. So I returned to it a couple of weeks ago and rehashed it three or four times with Kieran on our team being like, make it grottier. Like every time, every, hey, every oh, make it, yeah, make it grottier. Every time I showed it to him, he was like, "Just make it dirtier, make it dirtier. Yeah. Add more splats, add more like webs, add more drips." So we prepped it. We all kind of approved on it. I sent it to print, and then Kieran goes, "Can I have twenty minutes with it to make it grottier?" So I gave it to him, and twenty minutes later, he came back with loads of texture in it, and it was still like flat, so it's like one color. So we just fucking got it done. He's like, the, he is the texture guy of your studio, he, isn't he? He is the texture king. I think it's great. I love it. It's real, it's, real nice. Like It's honestly, it's like one of my favorite t-shirts. I, I say this almost every shirt we do, but it's it's one of my favorite like things I've ever designed for the studio. But it's just real dumb, real fun. Everyone fucking wants one. Yeah. And not everyone can have one. I have one. You do? Am, but, I, uh, am I doing anything soon where like, I run in and hit something. And just wear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll... Because I did it. The thing is with it, though, it's like we, we, we're we known for giving merch out at this point. So we did our last T-shirt, which was the brand embroidered like as a really nice kind of streetwear thing. The T-shirt before that had like rubber hose illustration on the back. And it's always just like with the pretense of making stuff that people want to wear that's yeah. just cool. And this one... If we were to sell it, we probably could have sold it out in like a couple of days, easy, from the amount of people who messaged us and like were retweeting it. How can I buy one? Where can I buy one? When yeah. you launch in this, the winner. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to wear it. I'm trying to think if I've ever. I think I once did a promo at Rise and I purposely wore a 
it was right after lockdown. It was one of my first shows back after lockdown. And I, I wore a more blacks, more dark, more Irish t-shirt. That's cool. Um, which is kind of like a, yeah, a throwback to the uh, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish signs that popped up in. Well, there's a whole controversy around if they exist, if they existed as much as people think they exist. But there is yeah. photographic evidence that they did exist. So I've definitely done that. Um, I've worn, I think, an enjoy wrestling T-shirt when I did a North Wrestling promo. Yeah. Because the people I was about to call out had all kind of wrestled for enjoy wrestling. And it's like, oh, what the hell? That's cool. But it's weird. I always do it. And like two or three people mention, notice it. And the I think the weirdest one we did was um, when my the guy that trained me heard he wrestled. Well, he tried his best. He trained me as best as he could. But, you know, you can only take this <laughs> skill set so far. Uh, when Rampage was on what culture, I think he wore a Sons of Yule t-shirt, which was like, um, was what was the tag team I originally started in. Oh, that's cool. And um, I remember when he did it, and this was when what culture was kind of at its height. I remember a lot of people going like, oh, what the hell? Rampage Brown's wearing a Sons of Yule t-shirt. What's going on there? Because um, there was a whole on. thing where we were on the first ever set of tapings and then we weren't. And then when I came back um, at Defiant, uh, we, we, we hark back to that reason why I was caught. Basically, I was too nasty for the product. Um, but yeah, I remember like I always kind of keep an eye out for it. And recently on AEW, um, there's a wrestler called Eddie Kingston, um, who I'll, I'll definitely want to show you because I think you'd love him. Yeah, he's like this fucking just this hard ass guy from Yonkers. <laughs> like he's just fucking cool as fuck. Says what he wants. Like really good wrestler. Great promo. Like unbelievable. He's kind of like one of the guys I looked up to on the indie scene. I got to wrestle him at North. Um, and he'd been gone from AWTV for ages. And he appeared back. And I'm pretty sure the T-shirt he was wearing, someone might listen to this and they might DM me or something. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I'm pretty sure the T-shirt he was wearing was a T-shirt. So the guy on commentary is a guy called Tony Schiavone, yeah. who's been a wrestling commentator for years. Like he's synonymous with professional wrestlers. Like you hear Tony Schiavone's voice, you hear like uh, Jim Ross's voice, mm. like, oh my God, like that type of, like, like that's, you know, the stereotypical, like what? Um, like he's kind of <laughs> got this like Southern kind of like cowboy twang. Yeah. Like anytime you've seen like a pivotal, like Stone Cold, it's Stone Cold, like that, like it's, yeah. it's JR's voice. Okay. Uh, and then obviously Jerry the King and stuff, but Shivani's kind of in that elk. And when Kingston arrived back, I'm pretty sure he was wearing a t-shirt that was of Shivani's wife or so, or it was a reference to Shivani's wife or something like that. I need okay. to look into it because it, it took me back. Yeah. Because he kind of ran, ran down the ramp and I'm like, oh, it's weird. He's wearing like three quarter lengths, three quarter length jorts, which is very, like clearly, like what I liked about it was Kingston looked like he would just, he was in catering and he saw shit kicking off in the ring. I was like, well, I'm going to come out here. Yeah. And I really like it when that happens in wrestling. Mm. Um. But yeah, he was wearing this t-shirt. I'm like, that's weird. Why is he wearing that? Like, he, normally he's wearing like a DMX t-shirt or he's wearing like a homicide t-shirt. Who's like the guy who trained him. Or he's wearing like his own merch or he's wearing something. That's cool though. Um, in wrestling people make like comments on that. Like there's always a reason why you wear something. Yeah. Cool. Like, and I think um, he came out and like he hit like loads of spinning backfist, um, which I've been on the receiving end of. And it's fuck me. It's a move. Um, <laughs> it hit me so hard. It fell over. I just didn't know what day it was. My God, um, on your ass! Ooh. But yeah, it's a, um, yeah, it's really. I think I'm gonna find a way to wear a juice t-shirt. Um, anyway, cool. we that. should probably talk about 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway. My high-pitched voice. Hello. Um, it's a cool shirt, though. Yeah. Fucking I think banging. It's great. I think it's great. The problem is now you're going to have to do a death metal video nasty or snuff t-shirt. Oh, man. You signed yourself up now. Ah, yeah. Let's fucking, let's fucking do it. I'm not paying you up. That's fine. I'll give you a cut. Yeah, that's cool. I'll cut you in, brother. That's cool. That's cool. Cut me. That's fine. I'll cut you. I'm not going to cut you. That's cut me. Altogether. I'm very distracted, by the way, at the minute, because we're recording in your office. Yes. And but we've uh, got a guest. We've got a guest. Your dog, your new dog, your your baby dog, Pickle, is here. Um, Pickle has out? partied out in the most comical fashion. She's just like, dudes, it's too warm. And then that that train beep kind of startled her a little bit for, for, for context she's on a cooling pad yeah she is all snoozed out having the best time so we've uh, i've got some stuff to catch up on in terms yes. of uh movies but we can talk quickly about a movie because we were just chatting about merch which kind of where we end up going most of the time um boogeyman boogeyman you know what i kind of enjoyed it I think we've different opinions of this. We have very different opinions of it. And I get your opinion. And don't get me wrong. I'm just going to preface everything I'm going to say with, I don't think this was a massively good film. <laughs> it got it got one good scare out of me. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I'm not really a horror guy. There was a real good scare in it, I thought at least. You, I don't think it got you. It didn't get you at all. Um, but it got me real good. And it's kind it's of a like, long train going past. I know it's a freight, uh, fuck. But <sighs> so what was so what was the scare? I don't know. Was this, just, right. So let's give um, a quick synopsis of what was going on. This is the boogeyman. <laughs> that, that, that's the that's there's no backstory to it apart from it's been around for years. Yeah, there was like, a it's there was, just the there was kind of like a pre. There was almost like a pre-credit section that kind of set up. A little bit about um, a dude. It was implied that this dude like killed his, killed. His, I want to say K- killed, killed his. Um, I should. I should have said there's spoilers here. There's spoilers. I, it, it kind of insinuates that he, he killed, killed his children. His, yeah, he killed his children, and then we we jumped to um, a guy who's now uh, he's like a widower because his his wife died. I can't even remember how she died, Rob. Car accident? Yeah, I think it's a car crash. It's always an easy one, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's a it's, it's a car trope, it's, it's a car incident, and it's I think it's a car incident. He's a psychiatrist. He's a psychologist. Um, honestly, Rob, I don't know the difference between psychiatrist and psychologist. Um, he's a man who uh, talks to people, talks to people, and helps they, they go yeah. do their therapy with him. Um, yeah, maybe go. maybe he was just a therapist. I don't know. There's there there's probably a division between those different job roles, and I don't want to dip my toe in it because I'm going to get it wrong. The definitively is. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not educated. So I think he know. was maybe he may have been like a therapist or something. Like he's that. a therapist. Let's say he's a therapist. And he had um two. He's got two kids. This guy who's originally involved in this weird thing at the the pre uh, pre title screen um comes to see him. It's weird because he just practically breaks into his house yeah, where, he, where he has his sessions. He just lets himself in. He's like, "You're all right, mate. I need to talk to someone." So what was weird was all this at the start. Um, it kind of drew me in quite a bit because I was like, "Oh, this is this is cool." And that, I think the guy that played that, the guy whose family had been mauled or murdered or kid had been mauled or murdered, or whatever. I thought he was great. He was real weird. Yeah, he like played real, that real easy. Good. 
He played and the bits between there. them two at the very start, and the guy was obviously like quite afraid of the dark. So like even yeah. having a cupboard door open was scared him. So it kind of drew me in there. I think my main problem is I can't find a movie called The Boogeyman Scary. <laughs> like I can't. Like as a yeah, as a late thirties gentleman who Ooh, also grew the up Boogeyman. who also grew up watching professional wrestling where there was a character. I don't have you ever seen The Boogeyman? Yeah. Where he had worms, yeah, worms and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I'm the boogeyman. I, I, I vaguely recollect it, yeah. Um, I'm the boogeyman, I'm coming to get you. Like, I think I can't hear boogeyman now and not think of him. Yeah, I get that. Which is just like a, just a thing that happens when people go into horror movies. Um, so yeah, I I didn't hate it. I find it really hard to actively dislike films. Like, I, I always, I don't know. Like, I think that's maybe a good thing. Yeah. That I don't hate. Pickles now... Drinking she's water. having a big drink and now she's had some food and now she's like guys I might just go back to sleep so if you um, just heard lots of slurping yeah. oh no she's way back to bed um, so I can't hate it but I just I remember afterwards you were like oh it was alright that and I was like I don't think it was I don't know it wasn't but it that's did, kind it did. Of... you know what Rob it did nothing for me <laughs> which sounds weird oh, so I'm going to tell you what my scares were because there was like one good scare and one bit <laughs> that made me laugh why are you you're sitting up like you're acting I'm actually like, fucking traumatized. <laughs> Let me tell you about the scares, boys. The scares. So when the therapist and his his eldest child, they became kind of it's not the youngest child becomes aware of the boogeyman. No one believes her. And the oldest child, it starts to kind of hunt her. There's a real quick scare where the door's closed and she's like kind of got like a back against it. And the boogeyman just jumps through the door and pushes it over. But it happens really snappy. It's in the trailer, I think. But in the film, it caught me off guard. I was like, boo! That was good. And when the boogeyman throws one of the kids at the TV, but it's like... Oh, it, it, that it, kid took an unbelievable... As like someone, it's a proper hit. So I've taken a bump into the TV before. Um, <laughs> I the, was going to say it's a proper bump. The first ever. Uh, that To use wrestling terminology, that did pop me massive. Like the... So the first ever DOA tournament, I wrestled a guy um, who no longer wrestles. But I remember at one stage him throwing me sideways into a plasma TV. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, this is this is professional wrestling. That's greatest. <laughs> and uh, I was looking through photos of it the other day, and I was like, wow, I think I think they they booked the match. I wanted to do fucking just rambling wait are you, are you saying that Boogeyman 2023 is the newest wrestler on the scene so I wanted to do um, in this DOA tournament I wanted to do like Rory Coyle's I wanted to do like a Stranger Things match yeah. or I wanted I wanted to do Stranger Things was just coming around like it was just really hitting its stride and I wanted to do like an 80s nostalgic um, hardware match yeah so like video players Walkmans like anything that you could have bought in the 80s or 90s, mm. I wanted to do a match based around that. And I think they'd already arranged the, the match and the graphics and all that stuff. And they're like, no, no, you're doing a home appliances match. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So I remember being chokeslammed through an iron board. Excellent. I remember having my hand trapped in a microwave. And I remember landing sideways in the plasma TV. The boogeyman... 100% through that child <laughs> into the plasma TV 10 times better than I ever could have took it. Like That 
<laughs> fucking it, it got a, I remember like it got a good giggle out of the both of us but the rest of the cinema was like <gasps> and we were just like chuckling at the back I was like fucking that's a hell of a bump it was also lucky the TV didn't teeter on top of the men well it goes straight it, it cuts to a different scene straight after doesn't it yeah it cuts straight it's, it's really weak it's like this it's kind of funny how it kind of it just happens it's like the scene where the boogeyman's kind of like praying right and this kid's like hiding around the um, around the sofa, and it's like a bit, it's like a bit of cat and mouse sort of situation. And then there's just this wide shot of the sofa facing the TV. I think the kid's playing like Lara Croft. No, it's, is it not Horizon playing Horizon? And then just the kid just gets flung at the TV, and it's like I didn't expect it, and it got a good giggle out of me. I think it was like yeah, I think for me it was, I think it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. But I kind of thought that, like, I know a lot of people are really keen on uh, the Insidious movies and stuff as yeah. well. And I remember the first 30 minutes of Insidious, I thought, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking great. Like, I was like, edge of my seat, like, sitting forward, glued to the screen. I'm like, this is like, oh, wow, someone's made a, like an actual haunted house movie in, like, the new era, and it's fucking got me. Mm. And then it descended into, like, just daft silliness and there's a whole thing yeah. with the Darth Maul guy like sharpening his nails and stuff like that and I don't know why I think like and I don't mind cookie horror and I don't mind weird surreal horror and um, me and Carson at the minute have been watching The Idol mm. which is the weekend show um, which is fucking mucky is it but it's like it's getting a lot of bad reviews online and I think it's weird because I'm kind of watching it I think with um like there's been a little bit of controversy about it. and you know what we should probably you should probably watch it and we'll do an episode about it okay. there's I'll a little it. bit of stuff about it. like it had a female director for like 80 percent of it and mm. then they got rid of the female director and then, and then they did a lot of reshoots and stuff like that and it's very leery very like sexualized but i am watching it with the mindset of a guy that kind of grew up like don't look don't why are you smiling at me because you think i'm going to say something <laughs> perfect um they grew up in an era where like erotic thrillers were you know hitting like the basic instincts yeah. and stuff like that and the body of evidence sexy so, thrillers yeah like sexy thrillers yeah so i'm kind of watching it going like oh they're i think they're doing like a modern version of a sexy thriller okay but i can see why people would watch and be like well this is just smut for smut's sake but then like i kind of watch american horror story and i'm like oh no this is trying to do like a and i could be completely wrong i think like, maybe i'm being too nice to it and going like oh well american horror story is doing this not just for the sex, shock, violence. Like, it's doing it because Ryan Murphy, you know, is trying to be like, hey, look, we can have two characters of this sexual orientation. We can do this with them. You know, they can be smutty too. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm being too nice about it. I don't um, think there's anything wrong with a bit of smut. Yeah, and I think I had an interesting conversation with um, a friend of ours the other day, Keenan, who was saying, like, he actually doesn't like it when there's sex in movies or TV shows just for the sake of it. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but that's, that's almost a trope of exploitation movies. Yeah. And it's like how they how they do it now is like it's become a little bit problematic. Where like Game of Thrones just had a lot of fucking in it. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, did the fucking always serve the storyline? Yeah, maybe not. Like, was it there to kind of set up? I don't know. The one is it there just because people like fucking? I don't so, know. So this is a film. Why are we now? talking about fucking? There's no fucking in the boogeyman. I don't so, know why I'm on it. I'm talking about it. So, but it's, it's, it's funny you mention it, like that specific thing because... 
the uh, I was having a conversation with a, a friend of ours the other day about uh, the Ace Ventura film. That's uh, not that, aged that, well. That has not aged well for some very, very, like, not good, uh, I say in quotation mark quote, uh, jokes at the end of the film. But at the beginning of the film, one of the funniest jokes is a sex joke. Like, right at the beginning of the film. And it serves no purpose, but it's there. And, like, this film is, like, a 12, I think. It serves no purpose, but it's... Was that a 12? It was a 12. Oh, it would have definitely probably been a 12 for the... Because, like, that audience... I remember seeing it in the cinema. And, yeah, so I, I rewatched it recently with my partner, and she was, like, appalled. It's this bad. When like you watch 12. it now, it's like... But then, now I'm kind of watching it going... Because I've seen the... I've rewatched the end scene, the reveal. Yeah, that's dog shit. And all that stuff. And I'm like, I was kind of watching it going like, how come when we watched that when it came out, we were cool with that? I think like we, I can't, as like, you know, things have progressed, we've become more aware. Of, like were we just inherently as a society, like a little bit more fucking assholey and a little yeah, bit 100%. more homophobic and transphobic and stuff. I, I think there was a lot of lack of knowledge of the subject. Like, it's like, you know, when I, I, when I watched it when I was a kid, I had no fucking clue of the joke. The, oh, uh, you're probably like, huh? What? Yeah, I, just, I was like, I still, I think. Because they even reference other movies as well. So they reference, um, they reference uh, the crying game mm-hmm. um, in the shower, the shower scene. The dude. After, yeah. When he kisses and stuff. And, but, it's, and but it's not. I remember as a kid being like, ho, ho, ho. But now I watch as an adult, I'm like, fuck, like, holy shit. So I think the I think the film like, itself everyone greenlit this and we we're all on board with it up until that reveal at the end. I think it's actually it actually stands up pretty all right, and not all of it's some of it's atrocious. But there's been some shit as well. Fuck me, we're going way off topic. But it's the but the point I was making was like sometimes you can have smut in a scene, and it can serve it as like serve a joke or serve a scene specifically without serving the story. So I think that yeah. you have a balance with it. I think I'll be interested to see what you think of the idol. It's like mm. I don't. Because I, I mentioned it the other day and um, somebody said, oh, is that the show that's getting absolutely panned because it's the worst show ever? I'm kind of like, no, I don't think it's the worst show ever. There's some there's some stuff in it that feels like, um, it feels like Dario Argento. So D- Dario Argento was like, um, uh, oh, fuck me. I want to say like Italian. I'm going to say Italian. Yeah, because he was involved in like a Italian horror. Um, he did like Suspiria and all these other movies. And there's some shots in it that are just unnerving and really... Yeah nice and like weird and great sound design but then there are these scenes where it's just like fucking for the sake of fucking but then i just see a quote from the weekend the other day saying like um yeah look the reason behind it is this guy is horrible he's a yeah. controlling piece of shit and it's to make the audience feel uncomfortable and i'm kind of like mm, I'm, kinda, I'm kinda going like is it is it or did you like just getting nicky we um i think and it's johnny depp's daughter in it and sometimes a bit of smut is all right I, I'm but, interested to see what you think. Anyway, there was no smut in the boogeyman. There, there was absolutely no smut in the boogeyman. I don't know man. why we started talking about smut. Um, the, um, that's my fault. I derailed us. No, it's fine. Um, I, I think it's all relevant in terms of... I don't think it like, is, Rob. We were talking about no, the boogeyman. No, in, in terms of kind of like, you know, like horror and like what you can have in like kind of like old sexy thrillers. Yeah, I think it's... I think it is I love relevant. that you call them sexy thrillers. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. everyone else calls them erotic thrillers and you yeah. call them sexy thrillers. Sexy thrillers. But the boogeyman in general, like... You mentioned like you know just now like about like having good shots, the basement scene in the third act when they had all the fire going on. Those scenes like they were well shot, they were well shot, well lit. 
And I think one of the things that in as a pro for this film is you don't really see the boogeyman until the very, very end. And you see only really it lit with fire, I guess. Yeah, I don't in, think he like I think he can't really. Like I think that was the best strength of um Stranger Things for the longest time was like yeah. you saw bits of the demigorgon. Yeah, you it was never like there. Alien. Alien's a classic example. Like you mm-hmm. see bits of the alien, you see like one or two shots of the full alien. Also because he was like held together in duct tape when they made the first alien. <laughs> um, but I think that was my issue with, um, have you seen Babadook? No. So Babadook got heralded as this like, and this is like a very, I am aware this is like an unpopular as fuck opinion. Like I'm not keen on Babadook as a movie. Okay. Um, like, and it's probably, it's probably one of those things where like, I went in, like I'd heard all this stuff going, I'm like, oh fuck, this is going to be good. And the same thing happened I, I, in my head. I kind of think of Babadook, the same as Hereditary, the same as It Follows. Mm-hmm. So all these films have got like, it's really like these weird things that transcend like, and also like Midsommar and stuff as well. They transcend horror movies and they're just like these art house pieces that people really get on board with. Yeah. So then I watched the Babadook and I was like, oh shit, this is fucking creepy. And then it showed you the Babadook. Mm-hmm. And because the Babadook is kind of like, it's played off as being this like character that's invented by the kid. The Babadook to me just looked like something out of like the Mighty Bush. And I couldn't <laughs> like, and that's probably me bringing that into the, yeah, bring that into the movie with me. But I remember just going like, oh, for, like I can't find you scary now. Because yeah. you're, you could essentially be old Greg. You know, when old Greg's not scary. <laughs> old Greg is you know, not scary um, at all. Or you could be like, not you, Nambred. You could be Nambred for all I know. So, so the boogeyman. So I think not showing him was like a good, so for like it just being the name the boogeyman and it's like is that what it was for you the what a big thing because for me it's like i also think that it's like well no i it's went just, it's the fucking i went boogeyman. in hoping i went in hoping to i went i always go in hoping to be fucking scared and really enjoy it and i think i'd gone in and like i i think on their marketing campaign as well they're using a quote from stephen king mm-hmm. and um I was like, oh, this is good. And the trailer was good. All those shots are like that. Yeah. That light up moon rolling under the bed and stuff. I'm like, fuck, this is good. I think the film, sorry to interject on that, got less scary the more it went on. Yeah, that was it. If like, it was like it a short. Real sinister, I yeah. thought. Like that intro scene, real sinister. And then you have the scene with the, um, you know, where you've got the, uh, the light up globe and it gets rolled back. You know, the kid like rolls it under the bed and yeah. gets pushed back. And then she looks under the other side. There's nothing there. It's like, the less I saw, I was like, ooh, this is a bit, oh, yeah, scary. Yeah, I think that was it. The longer it hung around. And there's a lot of, it felt like there was a lot of stuff they were trying to get in that they couldn't really squeeze in. So there was some really good stuff about that daughter whose mother just passed away and then she was trying to go back to school and try and reacclimatize there. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of fucking bitches in that school, Rob. They oh, were, yeah, there were. They were fucking right bitches. Fucking horrible. And, um, yeah, somebody fucking committed suicide in their fucking house. And that traumatized her as well. And then the, the girls as part of, like, a little slumber party. had like, locked her in the room. But, but it wasn't it wasn't the guy binning himself, was it, though? It was no. it, it was the, 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 the boogeyman. It was the boogeyman. Um, so, but it just felt like there was a lot of stuff in there and there then you had like that previous family with that mad woman with a shotgun with the with the house full of candles yeah and then oh that was like it felt like a lot of stuff crammed in so wait a minute it felt like it was trying to go up so there's a quote from stephen king is it stephen king related um i actually don't know because if this is stephen king related 
this will make fucking perfect sense because that guy is the definition of 20 pounds of shit in the 10 pound bag. <laughs> um, where like his stuff almost suits. Um, I think that was one it's, of It suits like t- TV formats better. Yeah. Um, I think this was something I that we both said after it though was that there was a lot of fluff. But based, trying to, based was, on the short story by Stephen King. Oh, we're right. Okay. Right. So the, that's why he's on that's why he's quoted on the so, market materials. Best movie ever, guys. <laughs> so it's for me, I felt like it was there wasn't enough kind of um exposition to it. The only bit of exposition we got regarding the boogeyman itself was from the mother of the first family going it just latches onto families. It latches onto people and goes around. It's been around since the dawn of time or whatever she says. And I was like, well, everything just felt like it was just there without much kind yeah. of And the thing is, like, does, it. does it even need that? Like, so that makes sense in the Pennywise story in it, where there's this reveal of like, oh shit, it's been here before. Well, that's And what... it kind of goes like back in time. You go, fuck me. Like Pennywise... This is where he came from. Or I don't know Pennywise. I suppose Pennywise is just an it. Yeah. He's just like an entity. Um, so it's like, oh shit, here's the origin of it. Um, same with stuff like the Tommyknockers and stuff like that. And like, I'm kind of like... But that's the thing. But I, like, did it need it? But that's the thing. It's like, it felt like it half-assed the... We'll have no exposition to half-ass and we'll have exposition. And it's like, if they just leaned into one... I think it would have been a stronger narrative. Yeah, because it could have just been like, oh shit, what's this thing? Yeah. Feels like the Boogeyman. Yeah, like they could have easily just gone what, down that route. they called the Boogeyman? Like, they could have called it anything, really. Like, I can't. I just, Do you know why they called it that? Because Stephen King put that name on the trailer. Whoa, everyone will go see it. <laughs> everyone Marketing. Is, everyone's scared of the Boogeyman. Um, yeah, it was just... It, yeah, was, I, it was enjoyable if you just don't take it seriously. It passed a bit of, we could switch our brains off. And, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, someone took a nice bump against the of a screen. Hell, what hell of a bump. Uh, there was a, there was a, you know, generally the first, like, you know, third is pretty sinister, I thought. Yeah. Like, you know, it did some some cool stuff. Got a good scare of it and then, like, pooped myself. So I think, so I think we got some stuff. So I have to watch, so going forward, I need to watch Spider-Man. I need to watch. You need to, Fucking watch Spider Man. And you get my finger up. It's Spider-Man. so good. Um, I think. So I'm going to leave here now. I'm going to go to the Tyneside Cinema. Yes, you are. They're going to do a show on Beyond the Mat. Um, I'm going to have to get you to watch Beyond the Mat. Yes. So Kirsten has never seen Beyond the Mat. Either. I mean, I was meant to come tonight, wasn't I? But I can't now. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a panel afterwards. Full disclosure, Rob. I don't know why anyone would want to fucking listen to me on a panel. I mean, for the same reason they want to listen to you on a podcast. Oh, yeah. Got you there. But even still, like, <laughs> I don't... No, it's... it's, it's... I'd be, if I bought a ticket to see Beyond the Mat, and it's fine, this will go out after it's taken place, and they said, oh, and afterwards there's a panel with Rory Coyle, I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. Who else is on the panel? No, in fairness, one of the guys in the panel is called Jack the Jobber, and he's, okay. a, he's a YouTuber... And he used to work for Walk Culture Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And now he works for Cultaholic. Okay. Um, so there's him and there's Fraser Porter. And they're both presenters from Cultaholic. Yeah. So I asked, now that they're on the panel, I'm a little bit more relieved because I'm like, yeah, they're quite good. Like they're, 
they're, they're really well versed in this stuff and like people are interested in them thousands of people watch them every day yeah um, the best part of a panel is, is as well it's like it's it's a shared I think thing, I'm right? I think I'm just there because it's North Wrestling presents it and obviously at North I'm like the movie guy and also uh, Beyond the Map features um, two of like my main influences so it features like Mick Foley and Jake Snake Roberts yeah so I think that's kind of why I'm there I think I'm there yeah, as a bit that. of a tax write off I'm a, I'm a no, fat, no. I'm a little fat man tax right off. No, no, it's gonna be canny. You said it yourself. It's like you know, it's not. It's movies. Yeah, I think those Putting guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to to doing it with Jack because I think Jack's very good. He's very. Yeah. Jack and Fraser are very good. Fraser does some backstage stuff at North, so that's cool. Hopefully, those guys will be able to run the ship, and I'll just be there. You just hang out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I love wrestling, me. Like, I, well, just... I love wrestling, me. But it's sold all right. I think it's sold pretty good. Yeah. Um, tickets are flying out. Um, I think what we've discovered is, um, and Alex, uh, I want to pronounce his surname properly, Air, Air, Alex Air, who does our following at North with, um, with Kirsten and Fraser and a whole load of other people as well. We've got like a big film crew now. Um, he's arranged it and he was like, oh, yeah, so with, with cinema tickets, are very different from wrestling tickets. He's like, people will buy cinema tickets the closer to the event. Yeah. Whereas with wrestling tickets, like you normally get this big surge at the start. So I think we sold all right. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, That's cool. But yeah, I think we'll have to sit down and watch it. I've got it on VHS. We on VHS? Watch, we can watch it on VHS. Oof. Because I, I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's fucking weird. And The, and yeah. the Rock and other people appearing in it as well. There's oh. a big cast of people appearing. He's selling it. Because um, you love Big Dwayne. I do. Big um, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. So yeah, Boogeyman. Yeah, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all right. Not the best film we've seen. Not the. I was going to say not the worst, but mm, not the worst. It might no. be. It might be the bottom of the barrel. They can't be together. Fucking Sharknado and stuff like that. See, the thing is, though, Sharknado's entertaining. I don't think it's bad. Like Sharknado falls in that. It's a dog snoring. Is that her? Hold the mic down there. It might be a sprinkler outside. I think it's outside. It's outside. There anyway, is, let's wrap There is up. a bird on a tree outside of my office. So I'm very sorry. Damn birds. Um, so let's wrap this up, Rob. We've got um, a few movies to each see. If people want to see up. your sick merch, where can they go? Can they go to your studio website? Or? Um, to, I mean, they can't get one, but if they want to look at it. and If you go to... Um, juiced.studio yeah um, our website's there and all our social links are on there uh, we typically post a lot on uh, Instagram Facebook Twitter LinkedIn okay. um, usually it's just posting where we're at because at the minute we're banking a lot of work to go out but we have a cool campaign coming up at the end of July beginning of July um, new people starting New website, new showreel, which looks sick. And you've seen a like a I've few, seen a little preview, right, and a few it does preview. look fantastic. Um, and you know, it's hot goth summer. Yeah, hot hot goth boy summer is coming. Although hot goth summer is coming, and that's everyone can get involved in that. That's why I did it. Yeah, that's that's better marketing <laughs> than me. Um, yeah, and um, for anything wrestling related, uh, RoryWrestler.com is where you can get all my merch. I think I've got one pen badge left, and then we're done. Might need Ooh, to do it? some more pen badges. One of these ones. Yeah, one of those bad boys. Um, run out of uh, sex, horror, and videotapes uh, shirts. This is an amazing back print by 
um, Redneck Fucking Shirts. Um, Alex Hugel did the uh, TVL Rot Your Brains, um, Romer to them, also did the Sick Boy Video Club uh, t-shirt as well. So you can grab them all there. Uh, for tickets, northwrestling.co.uk is probably the best one because we've got Thunder Road coming up shortly. And then we're off to the big one in July. Uh, Excited for that. Thunderstruck. And um, yeah, keep an eye out in other locations. I might pop up in the next <laughs> seven days. I might appear Who knows? in some places I haven't been seen in a while. So Who yeah. knows? So yeah, this has been the uh, Sick Boy Video Club. Thank you for listening. Thank you and, very much. Um, yeah, now we can. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna go wax beyond the mat. You are. Yeah. What All are you right. gonna do? I'm gonna go home with pickle. We're gonna go see Alf, and then I'm gonna go see Newton Giles for a bit. And the Smelly Boys. And then I'm gonna go back to my own pups, and they're gonna be smelly as well. Yeah. It's gonna be a nice evening. Love a smelly life, but a smelly <laughs> Awesome. Bye. Bye.